Hello, this is Alexander. Welcome to the Biggest Win Sales Podcast. It's video number two. And uh, this time around, I am not using my big clunky H4N. Actually, I am using it. I have connected my ATR2100 into the H4N. And um, this seems to work out a lot better. Maybe the sounds better, I hope. I'm coming to you today from Harbor Square in beautiful Toronto. It's a gorgeous day. And I want to introduce this upcoming episode to you. It's with John Levesque. John Levesque is an account executive at Datadog, Datadog Canada. And in this episode, you'll hear that I am just doing exactly what John is doing. I am a John Levesque fan. I am just copying John. I am doing this whole setup. When I saw John's videos on LinkedIn, I just loved them. And I thought to myself, I want to do that. So I'm doing it. I'm totally copying you, John. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. Now, I have to admit, when you're going out in public and doing these things, it's kind of strange. And I might look a little strange. But I suspect as when time goes on, you'll I'll get a little bolder. Or I'll have to ask you about that, John. So anyways, on the, today's featured episode, it's episode number 20. It's John Levesque. And John will talk about his career. And he'll talk about his dream job. He'll also talk about this whole setup about making videos and putting them on LinkedIn. Uh, to me, John is a uh, pioneer. He's a LinkedIn video pioneer. If you happen to be watching this on LinkedIn or YouTube, go to the comment section. It'll be the first comment and I'll post the episode link. And if you are just tuning in to the Biggest Win podcast, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to it on your favorite podcatcher. If you do have some time, please give a, a rate or a review to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. So it's fantastic. I made it to Toronto. I'm very happy to do that. I'm very happy to do this. It's a lot of fun. So without further ado, John Levesque, episode number 20. Enjoy. I saw a, an opportunity to, to do something very unique um, in, in terms of you know, branding and building a brand in Canada from literally the ground up is, uh, is exciting. And uh, how do you get your name out there? You know, I think I wanted to be able to use multiple vehicles and I felt LinkedIn was probably the best platform to reach as many people in a call my target audience as humanly possible. This is Alexander Loren, and I'd like to welcome you to the Biggest Win Sales Podcast. John Levesque started his sales career with his first company that he started in college at Seneca with his friend Shabby. It was a music entertainment company, and he was selling catalog university campus hip-hop tours across the country. He was also selling artist albums to Sunshine Records and HMV stores across Canada back when CDs mattered. He got fired from Future Steel Buildings in Markham, went to a third-party collection agency for a year, then got into his first tech sales job at Soft Choice in Liberty Village. He got into sales leadership at SHI International. He later entered software vendor sales at BMC Software, and now he's in his dream job at Datadog. John, welcome to the Biggest Win Sales Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So, John, tell me, what qualifies as a dream job for you? Yeah, that's a, um, I sent you that as a bit of a teaser. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, a dream job for me, um, certainly at this stage in, I think, my career, anyone's career, you know, you're, you're looking for, you know, the opportunity to really genuinely help help people in our case you know technology professionals uh business professionals that are you know working in um you know the the, the enterprise space or, or customers companies here in canada and uh you know dream job for me really you know outside of the technology just solving you know major problems for companies you know um you're in a really exciting you know, dog i'm in a really really exciting uh place you know with you know with the organization you know we've uh, doubled in size the past every year for the past three years in, in both revenue as well as in people and just the culture here just the vibe you get you know uh, when you go into one of our, our our offices in the US in New York or in Boston it's just infectious right just the uh, everyone's got a 
you know, huge smile on their face, you know, passionate about what they do. And uh, I have the, the great privilege of, of doing that uh, for Datadog as the first uh, field salesperson in the country uh, that we've ever had. So uh, really, really exciting opportunity to build a brand um, that's uh, huge and very, very hot market. Uh, and take that to you know the Canadian customer base that you know may not have known who you were. I, I heard building a brand. I heard growth, company growth, exciting technology, going into the office and people are smiling. So that sounds like a pretty good re- recipe for your dream job. I, I think so, right? And it's um, I think everyone wants. I was having this conversation earlier this week, earlier this Tuesday, but uh, you know and. I was a gentleman yesterday and, you know, he's, you know, ultimately we're, we're, everyone's in it for, for, for themselves and also for uh, some sort of greater good. Right. And this gentleman I was talking to was trying to get a sense of, you know, how does he help, how does he help either salespeople or people, you know, business professionals in general, you know, how does he, how do you help sort of quantify, you know, uh, what, what value or what you're doing in your job? And he was looking at it really from like a coaching perspective, you know, like, and it really comes down to, uh, you know, uh, some of the problems he was looking at help helping people solve was really just sort of self-worth, right? Like when you're, when you're not in a sales position, a performance-based role, sometimes people have a really hard time understanding what they're in it for, right? And uh, what's in it for them, what's in it for the company, what value are they bringing to the business, uh, what value they bring to their clients. So it was a really interesting conversation that, that we were having around outside of the sales, you know, professions that we're all in, you know, how, how, how are people judging success, right? Like what's success to somebody that's not in a sales job or some sort of performance-based role. And it was just a really, really interesting conversation to see where, where that was going. But uh, yeah, it's the dream job. I, I couldn't, I couldn't be in a better position than, than where I am today. You're really developing an, a, a nice little career here in 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 software and and high tech. What have you What have you been doing to to cultivate yourself as as a sales professional? Yeah, I got into technology sales. Uh, I'm a huge nerd at heart, and um, you know I was always interested and very curious in in new technology, whatever that was. You know, at the time I started my technology sales career. Um, you know, 15 years ago at SoftChoice, and uh, you know what? What I love about the technology space specifically is the pace. I mean, it is changing every single second, and there's new technologies and partners that are developing literally the future of how we're all going to be doing business in some fashion. And we're experiencing this today. I think a lot of our, like the next generation. I know you have a, a daughter, and I have two kids. Like they're they're they they're not gonna see this digital transformation. Like they're they're literally living it the transformation every day. Like it's it's really cool to see and I'm sure you can witness that through your own eyes, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, that 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 pace of change is is really what keeps people in my 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 opinion, young. Like you 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 are in a position to learn something in the technology sales game every single day. And uh, that to me is super exciting. Like what, what a great opportunity to be in a continuous learning mindset and, you know, find, you know, through that finding, you know, um, partnering opportunities with your clients to, to go solve problems that they may not even A, know existed or B, knew how to solve in, in the past if they knew there was a pain or, or something to be gained there. So to me, a lot of it, uh, you know what excites me about the, the technology space is 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 the evolution. It's a it's a moving, it's a growing animal. It never uh, never stops. Yeah, it's a growing animal. It's very fast, and I wonder uh, how, how how John how how do you keep up with it? Yeah, it's uh, it's a good question. What what's great about it is so many of uh, the solutions that you know customers are adopting today. You know what? What I've found, the uh, the market will will tell will respond to basically what your solution that you're providing or problem that you're solving, and you need to be invested in 
you know, yourself first and foremost, so that you're in the best position to, you know, support your customer's outcome. And I think through that, you know, I, you know, I do a ton of reading, uh, whether that's uh, online primarily uh, through all the, you know, primary, you know, social media platforms. Um, and also, I, I guess I do a ton of sort of old school book reading. Like, um, you know, I have a, a book of the month that I, you know, a philosophy I've had for many years. And uh, I read a variety of different, um, you know, books. And I go back and read them over and over again. In some cases, if I'm looking for a bit of a refresher. But, you know, um, the, also the, the thing that really keeps me, you know, sort of on, on our game is, is, is I think the market and the competition. You know, these, there's always someone, you know, trying to, if you're the big dog in the fight, there's always someone coming after you, right, in terms of a competitor. And, um, you know, if, if you want to be in the best position to be successful with your customer, you know, you need to be able to provide value. And, um, and unless it, if you're an expert in your craft, um, you know, you, you will, uh, you will you need to be in a constant sort of mindset of, of learning and change and, and adoption and, and, and sort of, servitude if you will to to your customer and i think the the best position that you can put yourself in to do that the better outcome you're going to get with your clients i've uh, seen a couple of your videos on linkedin and um, tell us a little bit about your videos um, and 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 why why are you making them yeah so um when we talked i want to say six weeks ago maybe four weeks ago uh i think that's really how you found me right it was through the uh LinkedIn platform. And to me, I, uh, I, I got into, um, I got into doing this really two reasons. Uh, I, 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 I read, I started reading, um, I'm following this guy on social media called Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm not sure if you've oh, yes. seen any of his stuff. Gary V, sure. Yeah. So Gary, yeah. And this other guy, Kerwin Ray, but Gary really, um, I feel like spoke to me around, you know, uh, he has this philosophy of clouds, clouds and dirt. So the, the sort of the, if I summarize it for you, the, the dirt is really your, your expertise, your craft. What, what are you passionate about? What do you need to be the best in doing? And then use that to always have an eye on the future. So keep your head in the clouds and always look at the strategy, right? Like micro speed, macro patience and, uh, everything in between doesn't matter. So, where I'm going with your to answer your question, the um, I read one of his latest books called Crushing It, and uh, you know he's big on social media. He built his whole empire on media, and I, I looked at the market today. If you looked on LinkedIn and just do a random, just start scrolling through, there's very very little uh, video content out there, and uh, so I saw I saw a an opportunity to to do something very unique. Um, in, in terms of, you know, branding and building a brand in Canada from literally the ground up is, uh, is exciting. And, um, how do you get your name out there? You know, I think I wanted to be able to use multiple vehicles and I felt LinkedIn was probably the best platform to reach as many people in, I'll call them a target audience as humanly possible. And, um, that's really how I, that's where I got the idea to start them. And then, you know, the other piece is why, what, what do you have, what a value do you have to provide to someone to listen, right? Every video is less than one minute. Um, you know, I average say, uh, you know, 5,000 views per, uh, video, which is not insignificant. Um, you know, I have put out 15, 16 or so. So I'm somewhere north of 65,000 views, um, over the course of doing this. It's almost like having a personal TV station, right, for a minute uh, every week. And you know, my 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 uh, my mantra is to do it every uh, one week. You know, uh, talk about a high level sort of industry, what's happening in, in the cloud or, or you know, SaaS platform space for performance management, and then you know, really share some learnings from the field because I'm seeing a ton of people, uh, not only clients but partners and and other folks that are in the game, and it's a really really exciting place to be so you know what what better way than to talk about you know some of the problems that i'm seeing in the market with other customers and um get our brand out there for a data dog in canada so that's kind of how i started doing it and 
You know, like if you've ever done video before, the first time is always really weird, feels uncomfortable. Like the first video I put out there, I got, you know, 9,600 views. It's pretty crazy. So when that happened, you know, I think I caught onto something and um, I just kept doing it from there. And the, the response from, from people has been really, really positive, right? You, you go see a prospect, for example, right? You, you go, you, you book a discovery meeting with a new client or a new prospective client, you know, I would say 50% of the time they're actually trolling or looking at my LinkedIn video you know, profile. And um, as you know, how you can see people can, who's viewed your profile, right? In LinkedIn, um, you immediately get over the first date weirdness, right? Like there's no, there's no like, Hey, are we gonna, who are you? What are you in this for? Like you got, you know, John Levac live on location raw. Every time you see check in on LinkedIn, I'm there. And uh, you know exactly what you're getting, so it's it's really helped a lot, I think, just in terms of you know, you know getting over those first couple of weird interactions with clients. That you know, depending on some people put a sales hat on and try to be a salesperson, right, um, or a marketing person, or accounting, or what, what you get with me is uh, it's the same. My mother, it's just who I am, right? There's there's no, nothing different. I love that, and you know, especially we're we're always getting checked out. People are doing their research, and if they go on. They go onto totally. your profile and they see some of these videos and they're like, oh, yes, yes, uh, you know, th th there's some credibility right there and even some author authority right there. I'm just curious if you've checked the numbers from pre-video to post-video, because if you're saying like in the first one, you got 9,000, I bet that's probably like 10 or 20 times more than just a simple message on LinkedIn. Yeah, like you're spot on, right? You know, if you think about just the content that people are consuming today, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, like how much more likely are you to look at a video as opposed to click on a link to look at something like read an article? Like I, I'm an insane consumer of information and I'll look at everything. If it's interesting for me, I'll click into something. For the most part, like, if you see, you know, if if you see my bulldog rolling around in the grass in the first five seconds of the video, you, you're probably interested. And in, you know what's cool about it is, you know, you, you can you want to deliver a very personal uh, message, right, uh, out to an audience. And you know, I, I believe that the best way to do that is is over a uh, you know a video experience. And even when you and I were talking about setting this up. I, I I asked you about hey can we do this on video like I think it'd be so cool to you know when you see that in, in a lot of common media platforms today even radio stations you know a lot of radio shows are are uh, streamed over you know Sirius or ESPN or whatever and you know you see those guys are literally on the desk in front of a microphone and you know there's a there's a camera on them and that's it really adds a different dynamic to you know the person that you're ultimately um, communicating with whoever that is it could be anyone. Okay, so it sounds like you're okay. One minute videos, and and how do you set it up? Like, what's your what's your your preparation like? So, if someone is listening to this and they're thinking, "Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get on this video and start making videos." What do you do to do you do it all ad lib, or are you preparing for this? I'm big, big, big on the prep for anything, whether it's before I before I even reach out to a prospective client. I'm I'm doing. You know, a ton of prep on their organization, their industry, uh, you know, reading their annual reports. You know, you put together a value hypothesis, right? Because the more credible you are, reference relevant you are in that message, the likelihood you're, you're going to be able to get some sort of response, right? And no different in, in communicating a message. Uh, you know, I, I typically will, will write out a couple of bullet points on my phone. Like I'll just, my notepad, I'll just pull the two or three bullet points. Um, that I think are relevant, uh, and a lot of it is 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 real time, right? Like as an example, uh, I should get my microphone out either later today or tomorrow, um, and and shoot with my uh, with Gloria and my bulldog. But uh, you know what what I'm thinking about for tomorrow's is as an example, like you know Canada, I think Toronto specifically outpaced you know every major technology market in terms of tech job adoption or tech job growth in 2017. That includes New York City and Silicon Valley, like. That is not a lot of people may know or, or that may not be relevant for those folks, but that's wildly profound for Toronto. And, and I think people who live in the GTA or, or in Southern Ontario wouldn't be surprised by that stat 
However, on a global scale, like talk about like a huge move, right? And so I, I do a lot of prep on what I think is, so I'll, I'll usually try to have something relevant, you know, in terms of a macro, right? Here's, here's a big picture. Here's what's, what's happening. Here's sort of the news of the day, right? Um, and then I'll go into really something in the field. So I would have looked back maybe a week or two on something that I would have experienced with a prospect or a customer. Um, you know, I always anonymize everything as keep everyone, you know, uh, sane, uh, and still wanted to talk to me. Um, but you know, it, you know, you want to have something relevant for either other customers are experiencing the same problem, uh, or, or prospects for that matter. Um, or you're, you're, or they're not, and you're giving them something of value that they may not have thought about before. So if you can, in my, my opinion, you know, my, my attention span is short as anybody's, but you can deliver something like that, that people will actually click on and listen to, uh, in, in 60 seconds, you know, um, that was sort of my philosophy on, on coming into it. And that's really how I get into it. Um, the, the real cool thing is in terms of the takes, you know, the first, three or four videos I, I shot, uh, which is all done by on my phone, by the way. I do it all from my, my iPhone. Uh, the microphone that you see isn't plugged into anything. The audio is coming right from my phone. There's no funky AV that's happening, right? Like, the only advice I was given actually from my wife was to get one of those selfie sticks so I get a sort of larger pane of view, right? So you, you can expect to see that change once I figure out where to buy one of these things. Um, but yeah, so, so, you know, like the first couple of videos were three or four takes, you know, I'm standing on the corner, I'm doing something is totally bizarre. People are staring at you and like now I'm doing them in one take and I feel like the, the most relevant, the ones that feel the best are the ones that happen first. Everything after that is, is a little bit of a, a change or a tweak to what you originally would have done, right? Now, did you say that your mic is not plugged into the phone? No, not at all. <laughs> It's actually like a real mic. I went to like an audio visual store, bought the mic, bought the plain white mic flag, and then stuck some Datadog stickers on it. So the microphone that you see me talking into actually isn't doing anything outside of it being a prop. Um, and uh, the audio that you hear is coming through my phone. So like, the yeah, I was in Boston last week, and you know, I'm, I'm standing on the Long Wharf, um, uh, and. Literally, like there's guys grinding metal, there's boats coming in, there's the wind. And I think what's cool about that is it's, it's real. You know, there's, there's no production value in, that I'm going to provide because A, I don't have the expertise and B, I don't have the time to want to learn it. And C, I don't think people really care. Like they just want something real and they're going to put it out there and what will people will respond. People don't normally care. And I and just even from my podcasting experience, I'll say like us or so's or or my guests will say, say like they'll they'll have their little things, you know, especially uh. And no one will even pay any attention to that. No one will even hear those things. It's only me that hears those things, or someone who like who spends a lot of time doing production. So the average people a person absolutely does not. And I, what I like that you're, you're just fine with that. You know, you know, it's not going to be perfect, but you're just doing it and you're enjoying it and you're getting results and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. And, uh, the clients, like the people who clients, prospects, people, industry folks, my peers, I've had one, one person send me a DM on LinkedIn, uh, competitor that was, you know, I think probably they could have taken the high road, but they, they had an interesting perspective on sort of the content that I was putting out there. And you know, I, I thank them for their feedback and I just keep on pumping up more videos. So I'm like, it's not a lot of keep rolling, you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, well, you know, when you're walking through the food court or, you know, these office towers downtown Toronto, you know, you see faces that you recognize. Maybe these are people you're trying to connect with or people in the industry, someone you met somewhere, right? You know, you, it's I can easily I'm not afraid to go walk up and say hi to somebody, shake their hand, but they're like, "Oh, you're the LinkedIn video guy." Like that's that's <laughs> that's okay by me. You know what I mean? Like that's that yeah. doesn't matter. Call me what you want, right? Let's provide your listening and checking it out. And you know, people give me some really good feedback. Like, have you ever thought about interviewing some folks? Um, you know, uh, doing some sort of live on the street type of setup, right? Um, so there's there's some more to come, I think, in the future. Um, that I'm looking at uh, uh, building on top of what I'm doing here. 
Now, I'm just curious, because if someone's listening and they're interested in doing this, and I know I, I can only really speak about podcasting, but when I give people advice and a coach and consult on podcasting, I always suggest to be consistent. So are your videos, is that a part of like a weekly routine for you? Or did, like, do you plan out a schedule for them? So it's a good question. I'm, so I'm big on routine in general, Monday to Friday, uh, eat clean, I'm at the gym in the morning. I'm online by 7.30, 8 o'clock, ready to rock until 6 o'clock at night. That's just what I do Monday to Friday. Friday night, Saturday, Sunday is a different game, uh, as you'd imagine. But uh, so in terms of the like my commitment to the content for the video content on LinkedIn was really to do something every week. When in the week was really up to me. Uh, you know, what I talk about is really free, free form in terms of what's relevant at that time. And, um, and what I'm seeing at, at the moment. So I think that, you know, the, the rigor that I have around content with the videos, the only commitment I made to myself was that I'd, I'd have something out there every week and that they would be, it would be relevant to, you know, prospects and customers and have some sort of, you know, um, sort of, you know, common news theme, if you will, around what's happening in, in the, you know, cloud space today. Do you actually see it as a as a business development tool? I think the byproduct of it, like it could be like no one's calling me saying I want to buy Datadog because they're watching the video. Yeah, right. That's like my intent with with the content has nothing to do with acquiring new clients. You know, I, I saw an opportunity in the market. Um, I think to to bring awareness largely to uh, enterprise, you know, companies in Canada, uh, and even all over the world for that matter. I get, you know, on LinkedIn and you in these videos, you can look at the analytics of your content and it will show you where you're actually getting views from, you know, not only companies, uh, titles, as well as locations. So you can see people from Boston, New York, Toronto, Texas, Tokyo, like there's people viewing this stuff from all over the world. You have no idea, like your podcasts, right? I don't know what the analytics are that, that Apple provides you if you're able to actually pay or get this service from them where you can actually see, you know, where are the people listening from, right? Like where, what cities are they listening from? How long are they listening for? Like, I don't know what that content looks like, but you know, the, the, the business development side of it for me, I think is, is, is a huge Plus, like I haven't had anybody, you know, like I said, reach out to me and 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 want to make a purchase because they saw a video. Uh, what I will tell you though is, uh, it certainly raised the game for Datadog in terms of a brand in in Canada. Um, you know, people didn't know who we were um, largely before I, you know, when I, before I started here uh, early in 2018. And um, I, my my hope is that through some of this content that they're they're you know seeing and hearing more of Datadog out there. We do a ton of of events, uh, you know, industry events all over the world, and so we get a lot of branding out there. People will know of us, um, and I think the cool byproduct of of providing you know content and some value um, in sixty second increments on a weekly basis is consistent. People will know it's coming. Uh, it's typically fun or goofy, right? And doing it from a location that's probably relevant to them. I typically travel between three or four cities uh, in the Northeast, including Canada. And, uh, you know, you want to you wanna be able to have something personal around it that people want to listen in and, and check out. Yeah. So the business development part for me, Alexander, has probably been, uh, you know, I, I see it as a byproduct of, of just putting some stuff out there. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. I like it. Okay, um, that was you know that's really interesting. I'm glad that we talked about it. Now I I, I have to ask you: Is there anyone that has had uh, any effect on on your sales career, uh, a coach or, or a mentor or anyone? Do you want to give a shout out to anyone? I am eternally in debt. I think to a lot of people that I've come across in my sales career from. Uh, the place I got fired at, the only place I've been fired from, uh, all the way to where I am today, right? The, the leaders and my peers, um, that I work with right now, you know, it would be, uh, you know, I would say, you know, there's every journey that I've had, uh, every challenge that I've taken, you know, there's always been people that have, uh, afforded me the opportunity to, uh, to be in a position to be successful, which is fantastic. And those are, 
sales leaders. Um, a lot of those are peers of mine I would have worked with. Um, they would have been, you know, people in my ecosystem I would have partnered with as well. So there's, there's a ton of folks that, um, I could thank. It's almost like an Oscar speech. I find like, you know, you can all of a sudden the music starts to play and then the hook comes out from behind the curtain. Right. But certainly like all I could think about, you know, recent memory, if you're looking for some specific names, like at soft choice, uh, you know, guy who gave me my first field sales opportunity was Greg Velinoff, right? He was a inside sales manager and I was on, on the floor in the call center. I'm 25 years old and, you know, I want to go to New York City and be a field sales rep. Well, he gave me a chance to do that. And you know, I left Soft Choice in, in the field as the top sales rep in 20, 2007. So, you know, that was really cool. Um, you know, I look at SHI. International, they gave me my first leadership opportunity um, to be a sales leader. And, uh, you know, Hal Jagger, who's the uh, the VP general manager for their corporate division down in Austin, Texas, you know, he, he gave me a great opportunity um, to do that. And, uh, you know, certainly at BMC Software, you know, I had a, I had a peer, a really good personal friend of mine, Jeff Wadham, um, you know, brought me into the business to learn how to sell you know, how to sell, how to solve problems with clients using software technology. And, um, you know, here at Datadog, you know, we're, we're, we're blessed with some fantastic leaders. And, uh, you know, the folks that are here, like Paul Pack, who's, who's the person who brought me into to Datadog and, uh, you know, Dan Fougere, who's our CRO. I mean, they, they were, uh, I think instrumental in, in certainly getting me to this place. Um, but also they're the ones that are uh, you know, driving and setting the vision for the organization, which is, which is awesome. Very good. Very good. And John, I have to also ask you, what's your best piece of advice for this new generation of sales professionals? So my, that's a great question. My advice is don't waste people's time. Like do your research on who you're reaching out to. Um, pick up the phone and call folks. Don't use marketing automation technology. Like, you know, we've all been on the other side of a sale or a sales, someone trying to sell to us, right? Um, you, my, it's my number one advice. There's, there's a gentleman that I coach, uh, sales coach. Uh, just we talk, we mentor, basically relationship. And, um, you know, that was, those are the pieces of advice I gave, gave him. And he's like, well, that's, you know, that's, you know, the whole sort of spray and pray mentality, but that doesn't scale. It's not very valuable to a, you know, a C-level or an executive that you want to engage with, you know? So, you know, pick your, pick your poison. But in my opinion, you know, it's all about the prep. It's all about building a value hypothesis in terms of how you believe you can help a client. And then engaging with them across all the different platforms that we have available to us today in a very personal way. And that to me is, is probably where I'm seeing the biggest opportunity for, you know, the, the next generation and the current generation of people that are in the sales game right now. Okay, John, are you ready for the biggest win sales challenge? I am here. I'm born ready. Let's do it. All right, I've got 15 questions. I'll give you 60 seconds to answer all 15. If you're stuck, just say pass and I'll move on to the next question. Let's see how many questions you can answer correctly. The score to beat is nine. I'm putting 60 seconds on the clock. The clock will begin after I ask you the first question. Are you ready? I'm ready, do it. Where is the best place to sit in a in a one-on-one -on -one lunch with a prospect or client? Uh, across the table from them. What was the first thing sold on the internet? A music CD, a domain name, or a book? A book. What's the first thing you sold? Uh, how to get out of debt. In a typical 60-minute sales call, how many minutes did researchers find the salesperson talked versus a client? 47 minutes, 30 minutes, or 20 minutes? Uh, 30 minutes. True or false, 92% of all customer interactions happen via the phone. False. In Arthur Miller's play, Death of a Salesman, what role did Willie Loman play? The salesman. What will move you forward and closer to your goals? Uh, 
Perseverance. If you had to eat two frogs, which one should you eat first? The first one. What does a milliner make? Uh, uh, boots. What is telephonobia? The fear of the phone. Very good. Well done. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ah, oh, I didn't get there. Hey, eight is very good. <laughs> Uh, All right. A milliner makes uh, hats, makes and sells hats. Okay. And um, in a typical, typical 60 minute sales call, how many minutes did researchers find the salesperson talked versus a client? It's 47 minutes. No, that's way too yeah, much. I know. I know. You're selling, you're talking, telling, you're not selling, whatever the adage is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first thing sold on the internet was actually a CD, t st Sting's 10 Sumner's Tells. Wow, there you yeah. go. Is that Bezos or who, that? who sold that one? You know, uh, it, it was from a website called NetMarket. Oh, there you August, go. Cool. August 1994. <laughs> All right. Well, you were excellent. Thank you for playing my game. Thank you for indulging me. Thank you. All right, John, it's the Biggest Win Sales Podcast. So would you mind sharing something about one of your biggest wins? Yeah, I think I look back, um, you know, biggest to me was, uh, you know, my, my previous gig. And there was a large uh, financial services uh, company here in headquartered here in Canada. And uh, we were, you know, we we're basically on a 12 to 15 month sales cycle with uh you know economic buyer and champions and you know, business case technical win all that stuff and uh yeah we were solving a really big compliance problem for the client in terms of regulatory compliance um you know requirements that they had to provide to auditors regulators and and really doing things manually versus leveraging software technology to repurpose, you know, folks onto more, you know, revenue driving activity, right? So, you know, the, you know, the size, you know, the, the deal size scope, if you will, was a global sort of, you know, contract, um, you know, encompassed, you know, their subsidiaries and affiliates and uh, yeah, netted the company, you know, north of $8 million in, in new revenue uh, between you know, licenses, maintenance, and services as well. So it was a sizable uh, organized, you know, sale as an individual contributor. And, uh, you know, that that opportunity really, you know, I look at that as I was a quarterback for, for it. And there were so many folks uh, invested personally, professionally that uh, drove that um, opportunity. Uh, as part of the team, right? There was a team in Europe, there was a team in the US, there was folks in Canada, you know, there's probably 20 people touching this thing over a period of time. And it was, uh, you know, probably, I would say my validation into the software software game and uh, it gave me a ton of mojo um, to, to see where, you know, what's possible, right? So that that to me was, was my biggest, uh, certainly revenue, Know, contribution win in in my sales career yeah that's huge it's huge and when, and now like when you when you started this deal did you anticipate it would be so big and did you also anticipate all the people that would be joining in so so no and no <laughs> that's a question you know when you when you find these uh when you find a problem or a, a, yeah it's, it's all about pain and gain right there's three business drivers, you know, companies spend money on in general. Right? You're either going to reduce operating expense, you're going to find ways to increase new revenue or revenue, and then you're going to find ways to mitigate risk. You know, organizations have initiatives and timelines, you know, executives do around those three valued business drivers. And when you find one, you know, you scratch the surface and you do some discovery calls, you hop in some flights, you go talk to people. And when you've built enough capacity and demand for, you know, to support your claim around supporting the problem, you know, you don't, you don't know how big it can be until you maybe rip the wound right open and then pour salt on it. Right. 
and um, and that's really what happened is we, we had a we had identified a, a major issue that they had um, that you know wasn't essentially a burning platform at the time, but over a period of six months, they, you know they 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 had some regulatory requirements that they were driving at in terms of a why now and a why do anything. And then, you know, our case around a why us for a solution to solve that problem, you know, um, it took a, it always takes a village, you know, there's always a salesperson that has to carry the quota and the bag. But I can tell you, um, anyone that's going to tell you they've done it alone is lying. Uh, one of your previous uh, guests on here, I think it was Jeff Goldstein, was talking about humble, hungry, and smart. And uh, you find me a pack of those people. And we'll go take over the world. You know, those are the best folks you want to go go to battle with. And you'll um, every single opportunity, any any transaction that's done uh, in any organization um, takes multiple people, typically, you know, at a large scale anyway, enterprise scale. And uh, it, it it always takes a, a village to get these things done. And the team is so valuable um, uh, to to that outcome and that success. Excellent. John, it was really great to connect with you. Could you please let the listener know how to connect with you? And if there's anything else that you'd like to add, please do. The floor is yours. No, thanks, Alexander. I, I think thank you for for reaching out first and foremost. Um, you know, I think uh, what you're doing is very unique. I look at you know opportunities every day. I think everyone does, but you know, you look at what's really unique about what you're doing, what you're anyone's doing. And, you know, when you would reach out to me, I immediately obviously checked out a couple of podcasts and uh, you're part of my, uh, my weekly routine on, on pod. There's only a couple I subscribe to and listen to every week. So you're, you're in the rotation, uh, which is great. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, what's cool about it is, you know, you know, you're, you're reaching out to salespeople who, and, and asking them about themselves. You know what I mean? Like who doesn't want to talk about how all the cool stuff they're doing? And and uh, I think you've really found a unique market for yourself, and and I encourage anybody to certainly listen to the podcasts. But uh, you know, you know, I think it's also a great way for you know as you're as you're reaching out and, and building. You know, you have a this is kind of a side hustle maybe for you, right? You have a full time role, right? You're a recruiter, you're placing professionals all over the place. You know, what a great way for you to to have a medium to connect with with people that are successful in in the game and uh, find a way to pay back by sharing giving them an opportunity to share some of their stories right the guy from mongo was hyper relevant you know we we share a lot of the same um language and training that um that that you know that he went through that i go through we all go through folks that are in the SaaS software space so yeah i think uh you know kudos to you for for you know getting into this and i know you mentioned when we first talked you found you produced some podcasts in the past, like, you know, what, what, um, what, what, what compelled you to want to do this? Like what, what brought you to wanting to have a biggest win podcast? Well, I had been working with sales professionals, uh, throughout my sales career. And what I always enjoyed about recruiting were the people in sales, because the, the people that I've always engaged with, they, have charisma, they have something to say, they have a story or two, like they're just really interesting people. And that's, that's what, what's kept me going in recruiting. I've been off and on, but it's really, for the most part, kept me going. I've just really enjoyed the people. And then when I was deciding to start a, a new podcast for, uh, for Zen Careers, I thought, you know what? I know so many, I'm connected to so many salespeople salespeople would be fantastic. They would be great to feature on the podcast. So I just started doing it and it's been wonderful because I've had, I've created so many new relationships with people and, you know, I've actually built a lot of confidence talking to people because even like you mentioned, um, Jeff, uh, Jeff Goldstein, normally I would never be able to even have a conversation with someone like him. Um, and, and now I realize, well, I certainly can. So it's a real confidence booster for me. So I, I can go on and on. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and thank you for listening, John. Totally, man. Listen, I think it's, it's so cool, right? Like you mentioned that the purse, the purse, the people element. So why, why we, we're all people, right? And, um, you know, you what's so cool about, you know, this, what, what technology has done is it's flattened the game, right? It doesn't matter 
what country you're from, what color your skin is, where you live, where you grew up. It, technology has literally even the playing field for everybody. And you look at, certainly in the technology space, it is probably the most diverse, um, you know, say, you know, or, you know, I would say organization or, uh, industry, I believe in, in, on the planet. Like, I don't know of any other sector that is as diverse and multicultural as the technology space. And what a cool thing that you can learn from all these different people from all over the world, right? Like, what a, what a good opportunity to connect with these folks and build build these relationships. And, you know, like you, right, you sort of started doing this, right? I did the same thing with the videos, like on LinkedIn, like people can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, I'm on Instagram. Um, you'll, you know, if you find, probably find me on Facebook, which I don't very rarely update or even look at. But, you know, those are really the platforms that, that I'm using primarily LinkedIn and, and Twitter are the two that I live on every single day. So folks can find me there, uh, email address, phone number, uh, are all on there. Like I said, pick up the phone. Don't be scared. It's okay. Feed your curiosity. People aren't going to bite you. Failure is fun. Beat, fail, have fun failing, learn from it. Go crush the next one. Like it's all good. You know, but is anyone listening that's early in the sales game? That's the, it, you know, you will get tough skin real quick in this business. And, uh, if you grind it out, it's the whole 80, 20 rule. Like, you know, I would say it's probably more like 95.5, right? So the 5% of the fun, whereas there's 95% of the mining. You got to do some hard work to get there, but it's so worth it. Excellent, John. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for creating all this great content. Yeah, thank you, Alexander. Appreciate it. Well, that concludes today's episode of the Biggest Win Sales Podcast. Stay tuned for the bonus portion of the show, the podcast in a podcast, the Sales Podcast Improv. Listener, if you would like to connect with me, send me an email at alexander at sendcruise.ca or call my office at 647-417-0517. Thanks so much for listening. Have yourself a wonderful day and goodbye for now. Welcome to the Sales Podcast Improv. This is a micro-podcast about a sales interaction with a sales professional and a customer. I wrote a bunch of words, cut them out, and my dad, Alexander, placed them in a box. While you hear this message, he's picking a random word. He and his guests will create a three to five minute sales improvisation on that word. I hope you enjoyed the show. Bye. Oh, this is a very interesting, colorful, and kind of smelly place. Sir, sir, do you work here? I've come to buy some animals. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you for coming to the store. And, and what's your name? Uh, my name is John Deere. John Deere. That's a very good, nice name. Yes. Listen, John Deere, we, um, I, I'd love to help you out and, and, and find the right animals uh, for you. Uh, you know, do, do you have, are you okay if I ask you a couple of questions? Like what kind of animals are you looking for? What do you like? Do you have any experience with them? Well, no, not at all. I don't mind your questions. So the kind of animals I like, well, you know, I, I kind of like big animals uh, that are, you know, have different colors. I'm uh, not a big fan of cleaning. So I need some some help in that area. So I'm looking for a nice, big, clean animal with lots of colors. Now, I notice that there is a slight stench to this place. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping not to duplicate that in my home. Can, are you able to help? <laughs> we, yeah, we have John Deere. We got tons of animals in this place, which is why it, it smells like that. Um, and, uh, you know, the cool thing is, you know, we... Uh, we got animals from every size, color, shape, you name it. And, uh, you know, I think the great way that we can you know, maybe, maybe help you out here is, uh, you know, we have some some animals that are, you know, um, certainly don't, you know, they don't shed. Um, they have tons of Good. cool colors. Um, yes. You know, 
have you ever had a, an animal growing up? Like, was, did, you, did you have like a dog or a cat or a lizard or something like that? Well, I've had uh, I've had some cats, um, and once I had a, a small hippo, um, but oh. that didn't quite work out. He just, you know, as he was growing, he was just destroying things, and then the cops showed up. And um, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a legal animal. By the way, I don't want this. Is not a black market animal place, is it? I didn't even catch the name. No, no, no. Of course, yeah. And my name's John, by the okay. way, uh, like you, hey, but, John. Oh, yeah, I think um, you know we, we have a lot. Let me let me walk you through you know what I think could could you know, could help you out. I had a customer in here uh, yesterday you know, looking for something similar, right? They didn't want to have any 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 kind of shed you know any kind of shedding animal. Right? They had a I think it was like a dander allergy, so you know mm-hmm. they weren't able. To, um, you know they wanted to have something that was essentially shed free in terms of the the breed of like they had a dog growing up so they were really looking really passionate about having a dog and um you know they wanted it to be able to you know obviously like you said big you know have uh you know you can sort of train and can be self-sufficient right take them outside go for a walk stuff like that are you are you active are you out doing runs and stuff like that or you're pretty much a homebody you want to hang out yeah, I'm just looking to hang out, you know, um, hang out and give orders. I like uh, giving orders. Um, I also should let you know that I've domesticated a raccoon. So it oh. needs to be able to get along with a raccoon. How about that big fella over there? There's two of them. Uh, th- they kind of look like zebras, but there's a, a tinge of purple. Can you tell me about those? Yeah, those are a very special breed uh, of uh of, uh, of animal that um, actually is is found in the wild um, and has actually been documented as being um, you know fr- quote unquote friends or friendlies with raccoons. So, oh. co- so coincidentally, um, those multicolored uh, zebras that you're looking at are, are really mini zebras um, yeah. that come in many different shapes and colors. They're extremely intelligent. And um, the great thing is, is you can let them out in, you know, in your yard or you can walk them or, or just hang out in the house if you want. So um, they don't shed, um, but a special breed of, of zebra doesn't shed either. So really, really cool, um, you know, type of animal that you can uh, adopt. Excellent. You know what? I think I'm going to take these two. I'm sorry. I did not catch the name of the species. What are they called again? Uh, mini, mini uh, zebras. Mini zebras. <laughs> Zebras. Well, they weren't thinking much about that name, but that's fine. It just tells me the story of the mini zebra. All right. Uh, And now I just wonder what I should call them. We'll have to think about that. I don't know. All right. Well, look, John, this has been, this is great. It's exactly what I wanted. Please ring me up. How much is this going to cost me? Let's, let's do this. Oh, let's, um, you know, th- this is a very unique opportunity. You can pay for the zebra on a monthly basis, you know, $100 a month. Nice. For three years. Um, or you can just, you know, you can put it on your credit card for the full value right now. And, you know, you'd be out of here for 3600 bucks. So it's up to you. 36 All right. I'll drop the whole thing right now. Let's do it. Excellent. Okay. Well, come on, uh, mini zebras. Come with me. John, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. What's, I'm sorry, what was the name of this store again? Oh, this store is uh, John's Pet Emporium. Oh, excellent. Thank you very much. <laughs> International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. Head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Then use hashtag International Podcast Day to join the conversation. You can reach out and connect with other podcasters, listeners, and your favorite podcast hosts. Remember September 30th, International Podcast Day, a day-long celebration of the power of podcasts.